Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to my podcast, Introverted Queen. On today's episode, I am speaking with Edward. He is an educator and a leadership coach who mentors aspiring and current school leaders internationally. We talked about the power of education and the art studies. We also dived into what success looks like for him and the force of being in a community. It's a great conversation. Check it out. Hi, Edward. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm excited to be a guest on this very much-needed podcast. Oh, thanks. Thank you for being here. Thanks for saying yes to being a guest. So uh, who is Edward? How would you describe yourself? Well, I would describe myself as an educator, and I have over 20 years in education as a teacher and school administrator. I will also describe myself as a single father. I have a 19-year-old son who's on the spectrum of autism. I am very committed to the work of the Lord and to my church, uh, St. Mark Amy Church in East Orange, New Jersey. And I'm a person that loves to give back. When I learn something new, I like to be able to share that with others. And most recently, my work is heavily around helping current as well as aspiring school leaders definitely improve themselves and their work in school. So that is Edward Gordon in a nutshell. Oh, nice. So you said you're an educator. What's the hardest part about teaching? Yeah. So when you think about the hardest part of teaching, I believe is the distractions that happen in schools. Many school leaders that I talk to, as well as educators right now, they're a little frustrated because they've had this why behind why they're in schools and why they're working with students. And right now, there is so many distractions that are taking them away from what they were called to do. And I believe that when you have professional development experiences that are not relevant, not really meeting the needs of you as a teacher, there's other mandates and tasks that take you away from developing relationships with your students and really helping your students to go to the next level. Those are the things that become challenging for educators. And I just hope that we can get beyond that and we can really help teachers refocus on their work and really connect to their passion and that they stay in the profession because we need teachers. Mm-hmm. And it's the same also for school leaders. I'm just talking to several school leaders that are getting to a point of, of burnout right now. And that the challenges, all the distractions that are taking them away from the original why and their passion of why they got into the education field. Mm. Do you think distractions uh, student-wise is largely mostly due to social media? When it comes to students, I believe it is definitely social media. And during a time of we're still challenged by it right now in terms of this pandemic, when our students were on uh, virtual platforms, I believe that it did get worse. Because when you're at home, yes, you are teaching through Zoom and and Google Meets and other platforms, but also some schools didn't have the technology to really monitor what their students were actually watching on the screens while they're at home. And yes, we know that when they're in a classroom for the seven to eight hours, we know to the best of our abilities that they're not that distracted with the technology with the social media, mm-hmm. but when they are away from the supervision, I think it increased the amount of social media that they were looking at, and it's caused a greater amount of distraction. 
And it's hard for some of our students to even refocus at this period of time when they're going back into our schools and we're trying to get back to some routines. So definitely the social media is a huge distraction for our students at this period of time. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So you're also a music educator. What misconceptions do people have about the arts? Yes. Yeah, so one of the misconceptions about the arts is the fact that it's not necessarily needed. Okay. Mm-hmm. Many times where and I started off my career 20 years ago in education, 1998. And even back then, there was this battle about how much will we fund art and music and dance programs in schools. And even today, it's the same conversation and challenges. And one thing that we all have to understand is that arts education is important, okay? Mm -hmm. Just like English and math, social studies and science, arts education is important. And it doesn't mean that everybody has to play the piano and be a musician, but create that schools with the, the opportunity for the variety of dance instruction, art instruction, drama, theater, instrumental music, vocal music, have all of those options is key. And with that, you know, students are going to improve their self-esteem, mm-hmm. their focus, their discipline. Definitely there's correlations in reference to the academic performance of students in terms of literacy as well as math, who are also studying the arts, and all that needs to be considered. And that's why I believe it's important for all educators, our school leaders, superintendents, to really look at the importance of the arts and work to maintain it and really invest more into the arts that has been invested in the past. It is truly needed for all of our students. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think the arts are so underrated because I was a kid who, you know, I went to music class from the time I was in elementary school all the way to high school. And I think it was something that, yes, you had school, you had the academics, but then you had something to stimulate you creatively, right? So I think it stimulated your mind. And for me, it kind of like I practiced like mindfulness even with music. So I think it's so important to incorporate that in education these days. It is definitely important. And, you know, something that I, but my parents were aware of just growing up, they just saw me as being very quiet and to myself. And it was a point, my mother is a retired educator, uh, 35 years in Passaic High School in Passaic, New Jersey, that she was an educator. And she's very knowledgeable about different students and their strengths and areas uh, of improvement. And so for me, it was a time where I was actually being classified for special education. And Mm -hmm. the reason for that is because the teacher said that I wasn't talking enough in class. Mm -hmm. Okay. So my mother, having knowledge about that, you know, immediately went to the teacher and the administration and really was an advocate for me. Just because I was not vocal in the classroom doesn't mean that I should be classified with special needs. And that is why it's important for all educators to know about the development of students Mm -hmm. and really work to increase relationships to be able to bring different areas and different abilities out of other students. What my parents knew about that and understood is that they created an opportunity for me to study music at a very young age, at the age of four. And that's when I started to study the the piano. And with that, it's an individual instrument. I'm learning it myself. I'm gaining my own confidence. I was able to perform in various recitals. 
And that gave me confidence of performance in front of people. And then as I continued to study music, I transitioned to start studying the trombone. And with that, when I got into middle school and high school, yes, I'm part of a band in high school, the marching band. And then when I got into college, I was a music major and a part of the University of South Carolina marching band with 300 or more musicians from all across the United States, as well as some international musicians as well. But with that opportunity through the music and the arts, it took me out of my shell. It allowed me to have the self-confidence as an individual musician and performer, and also to create friendships with many people um, in these band settings as it got larger into the college with a large band. So having that opportunity to be in the arts definitely improved my self-awareness and self-confidence and self-esteem, and it definitely shaped who I am today. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So what does success look like to you? Success. What does success look like for me? I see it as three levels. One, the first level is what you are pouring into yourself and accomplishments that you are doing. It could be based on your education. It could be based on the job opportunities that you have. So I see it as the first level is that, that individual and personal success. But then I also see it in terms of now that you are successful, what are you doing and giving back to others? And I think I know that my definition, that is really key, mm-hmm. that you just don't work towards having a success that is for yourself, but how are you helping others? And then at the third level of success or that I see and define is the fact that Now that you are growing and your environment is growing and the hope as you get more successful that your network is growing as well, how can you partner with other successful people to help more people? And that's where I see in terms of my three levels of success, success for myself that I'm doing for others and helping others to be successful. And also how can I partner with other successful people so that we can spread more opportunities and more support to much more people so that they're successful as well. Mm -hmm. Because success, it doesn't only take one person's effort. Like it usually takes a team of people for success. So I like the idea of you've reached to the top. Now you got to bring somebody to the top, you know, along the way. And it kind of ties back to um, your motto that I noticed that you wrote on your bio that if I can help somebody along the way, then my living will not be in vain. And in that model that you have, I feel like there is a sense of community in that. Do you think that right now in 2022, there is still that sense of community? As I look at what's happened within our communities and all society, what's also put out there in social media, I think that we have a lot of more work to do around community. Mm-hmm. I still see a large sense of what's out there for me and that the selfish mindset I do not see the the larger pockets of people getting to that second level in terms of my definition of success of helping others to be better, to improve. And looking back at your own experiences and things that you have gone through, now that you have gone through it and you learn how to handle things differently, are you sharing your experiences with others that, one, are going through it at this point of time? That are you sharing things that 
will give them more awareness that they don't fall in the trap that you have fallen into. Mm-hmm. And also, there's some people that have are going through some situations that you have gone through that have not received or had opportunity for any healing yes. <laughs> to move beyond it. Mm-hmm. And I just think that there's a lot of work for us to do around that part of that sense of community of helping our fellow man and helping others. There's pockets of people that are doing it, but I believe that there's more people that need to have that mindset of helping others. Mm-hmm. Do you think that mindset needs to start early in life? Yes, it's important in our uh, two places that it starts within our, our homes, mm-hmm. teaching our, our children around helping others, helping others within our family, and that when you go to school, what strength do you have? If you're good in, in math, how can you help a fellow classmate that is struggling in a math concept? If you're strong in science, how can you help a fellow class person, classmate, I'm sorry, uh, improve their knowledge of the science if you're gifted at that? I think that is really key in terms of teaching that at home, but also the education around supporting one another in school is key, Okay. Yes, I think the whole celebration of students and their individual success, now helping them understand that they are gifted and talented in an area. Now, how can you show their next classmate how to do that problem or improve their reading skills and so forth? And then I believe that whole part of now, how can we have you work better as teams to help more people? Mm -hmm. I think that the level of success that I defined can be taught and should be taught at home as well as in schools. And then when that happens over time, I believe that our world is going to be a better place. Absolutely. What's the best advice you've ever been given? I think that it's two pieces of advice. Um, for me, being someone that is an introvert and keeps a lot of my ideas to myself and really didn't know how to express it to others, just having a mentor just to share and have for me also to have that awareness that I am an introvert, okay? And this is what introverts do. Mm-hmm. And, and now that you're aware of that, now let's work on how to understand how to make better connections and to use your voice. So the real part of this, uh, first part of this advice is the fact that my voice is important. Mm-hmm. The ideas that I have in my head don't sit in a room with a bunch of people and there, yes, there's some that are just naturally wired to be vocal and you don't say anything, okay? Raise your hand, speak up. Your voice matters and it does count. And that's the same thing that should be taught to all of our students. And also when we go to different adults and professional uh, organizations, we should be making sure that we're aware of who's in the room, who hasn't spoken, because there's something that they are thinking about that is going to add value to the conversation. So that one piece of advice I'll say is definitely the fact that my voice is important. And that is very helpful for me as I moved on in my adult years and in my profession. The second piece of advice I'll just say briefly is that for introverts, it's hard to go into a crowded room and to network and to really make a presence and really start engaging in conversations. So one of my mentors shared the fact that as an introvert, one thing we should do is when we're invited to a large event, go early. 
mm-hmm. when nobody is there. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Go there and start talking to the people that are setting up, mm-hmm. offer to help, uh, set up tables, uh, put out pamphlets or whatever, move trays around, move chairs around, help out. One thing you're getting to know the people that are coordinating and putting the event together. Also, they know you, okay, because you're there when no one else is around. And as people are coming in the room, you're able to slowly start to introduce yourself to them. And it's a different feel than coming into a room where everybody's already there and can be overwhelmed for introverts. So that piece of advice I have definitely learned. And everywhere I go, I I work to be there early and be there first. And it definitely has helped me out to to manage that and to be more productive in those type of settings and also leave there where I know more people and know more people know me as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I love that because I've done that so many times and I thought I was being slick, right? <laughs> Until I talked to other people and they're like, no, no, I do that too. And it definitely helps because like you said, by the time people start arriving and you've already settled like your network, so you're good. As opposed to when you come in and it's like, okay, man, I got to introduce myself. I have to talk to people. So I, I really like that. Yeah. Yes. It's definitely helpful and it's definitely was a, a great piece of advice for me. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, Edward, this was fun. Thank you so much for being here. Yes. I, I appreciate the opportunity to be a part of this podcast and it's definitely the hope I know of, of all the guests that there's something that was said that will be able to help them out on their, on their journey. Absolutely. Thank you. That was such a great conversation I had with Edward. One thing I took away from this conversation is that success is teamwork. I hope you found this conversation insightful just as much as I did. Don't forget to share this episode with a friend, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts, and please subscribe. Follow me on Instagram at introverted underscore queen blog. Thank you so much for tuning in. Take good care. And until next time.